0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Podcast with Josh. Um, today is a special day. I have a very, very special guest, somebody who is dear to me, and we're talking about a very important topic in our day. I think we've been quiet as believers on this topic for a long time, and it's such a bold thing that my guest is about to do, and I'm really glad I know her. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Abiola. I am so excited to be on this episode. And I think like Josh already said, it's a very, very important topic to be had. Um, and my hope really is that the conversation will, number one, break the ice so that the church can start having these important conversations that, yeah. yeah. you know, also help people that might be experiencing um, something similar to this as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. So, uh, we're talking about LGBTQ sex feelings. Yeah. And first and foremost, the stance on this is that we, as believers, do not condemn the person, yes. condemn the act. Yeah. Right? So, that's just to set the record straight. Now, to go, to dive head into it, like, um, Let's dive right into it. How did it begin for you? Um, what were the triggers? And yeah, just basically that.
1: Okay. Um, how did it begin? Uh I think some people might probably start off by talking about them being born that way or okay. yeah. something that their environment influenced. Yeah. I prefer not to dwell on that okay. um because this issue is still the issue right even yes, if
0: you, you wonder or
1: exactly yeah. um so for me though when I first realized that I had um I had a struggle or I was experiencing same sex attraction it was actually from really really young okay. um I remember attending church and for some strange reason I started feeling Um, affection for ladies in my class then. I was still in children's church, I think as young as like seven or eight. And I I also noticed that I did not like the guys. I did not even want to be friends with them at all. Um, But I always wanted to be around the ladies and I was very shy and I'm still (laughs) relatively shy anyways. But I always wanted to spend more time with them and I felt like opening up to them. So that was when I first noticed, okay, there might be something here, but I did not think it was anything serious. I just thought, I mean, I was a child. I did not have the language for it anyways, at that point in time. And then a couple of years, um, down the line, it's grew into stronger affection from just, um, wanting female friends to wanting them to be more than, more than friends and wanting to share my heart, which is very weird. That's a very young age, you know? Um, so yeah, that's where it started, I okay. would say.
0: That's where it started. So when do you, when do you think you acted on it?
1: When did I act on it? From very young as well. Okay. Around that age, actually, I think nine or ten um, was the first time I actually acted on it. And it was also with someone from church, Okay. funny enough. It was um, a friend from church as well. And I still did not know what I was doing. I, I knew something in me told me that what I was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt right. It felt good. Mm. Not just in a um, physical way, but also emotionally. It felt like yeah. I could be my true self with that person yeah. um, at that point in time. And that was from very young, um, 19. And I think maybe something that honest could, honestly could have helped me a lot was having someone to kind of talk to about it, which is one of the reasons we are doing this this yeah. episode anyways. Exactly. Yeah.
0: One of the reasons. I mean... Um just having a platform where you can express yourself and understand, yeah. okay, this thing you're going through is something. You're actually going through something and mm-hmm. this is this is the path to go exactly to, to solve that. So um at this point I'm just going to put off my mic <laughs> and allow you just tell us from your heart um your story. Okay. Uh, your story. So um what do you think caused it? Um how it's it's how it's what it grew into Mm. and where it is now
1: Mm. okay wow (laughs) all right um okay where do i start from um i just want to also say that um my thoughts on the issue and all of that right obviously it's founded on the word of god yeah but i've done a lot of self-reflection to try to trace where the root of all of this was from and it's very important to see this because as you're listening to this it's not just about understanding that oh this person has gone through it as well but it's also to challenge you to also reflect to see where yours might have come from as well and how you can like objectively tackle the issue as well and get out of that life Um, for me my reflection showed that it actually all started from childhood like from inception, yeah. right? Um, I started. I started by questioning why I felt such a strong affinity towards women, um, and I did not have that same thing towards men. So, of course, we know scripturally that the natural order of things is to have such attraction to men if you're a lady, and to women if you're if you're a man, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, but mine was the other way around and I realized that it first it first started from my family dynamics and. Um, my parents are absolutely not to blame for it. Right. But we grew up in a situation where my dad's work took him out of the States. So for the, my early childhood, I grew up with my mom and my siblings, um, in the different States. So for the most part, I would say <laughs> for a very long time, let me just say that, right. The only understanding of love of care. Um, came from my maternal side from my mom yeah. so I spent more time physically with her and I just could not understand you know being a young person being a child why my dad couldn't be there physically for yeah. me yeah. and so I guess I would say discontent um, grew mm. and obviously I started projecting what kind of man I thought he was by virtue of him not being present um, and being there for us you know and with school and just being a being a dad, you know, that that manly presence in the home, knowing that you can you can run to your dad to talk to. And so I guess I would say I grew a bit of resentment in that aspect. And then also even being in secondary school as well, the PR of men, of boys wasn't so <laughs> great, I would say. Yeah. Um, seeing ladies grow strong attraction and affection for or a guy in their class, and then the guy dates them for a few weeks and then dumps them, and then the boarding house, the girls are crying. I'm just like, oh, no offense, but men are trash. <laughs> that was that was wonderful. I remember being so angry at men. It was just unfortunate for me that growing up I was, I was surrounded by men that either couldn't, you know, um, didn't portray masculinity in the way that God intends, or men that just couldn't be there for me and all of that so yes so i i when i thought of men i allocated um a very terrible personality to them and identity men are evil men don't care men are just to them they does being (laughs) and women women are kind Women are always there for you they are dependable they won't hurt you um so i became very vulnerable towards women and very hard and cold towards men and I think I would even say I hated men, actually. So that, that was where that started off. And of course, it manifested in different ways. Um, it wasn't just same such attraction, actually. It was in different ways, like I mentioned, hatred as well. Um, so when I remember when I got into secondary school, there were, I actually did not act on it in secondary school. Um, I was in school for about five years, boarding house. I'd never acted on it. There were some people I actually liked. I had attraction towards, but I never acted on it because I saw, obviously, bullying number one. I saw a couple of people that rumors would spread about them, um, true or not, um, that either engaged in same-sex attractions, just something, something that was, you know, cloudy, I would say, and they were dragged and bullied. So that was enough, um, deterrent for me not to do anything. And then moving past secondary school for the first time I actually started liking a guy and I remember struggling very, very, like very hard with that feeling. Why do I like this guy? Men are trash. <laughs> Men are to be thrown into the dustbin. Um, but I actually liked him. and we started dating, but I noticed that the attraction could like it just did not pass a particular level. To me, he more or less was a friend. I struggled so much. We were together for a couple of years actually, and I struggled so much to open up. I I did not understand why. It wasn't until shortly after we broke up, a couple of years after. Mm-hmm my heart just, let me just say, it just went haywire. <laughs> I was in, I think I was in university at the time and I ended up falling for a lady, interestingly. And that was a shocker for me because by this time I was already saved. So I was saved um, say like four years by this time. And I already told myself, oh, whatever issues I struggled with in the past, god has dealt with it i mean look at me i'm dating a man now so i must be normal so in other words i never actually had a point in my life where i sat down to say oh i think i struggle with this thing let me Attacking take it. Or... exactly. Let me take it before God. I just shifted it to one side. You know, I mean, I'm being I'm doing fantastic things in ministry. I was already working in world of Knowledge. I just doing great stuff. <laughs> I was Bible study coordinator in my fellowship in university as well. So, and the feelings never came up anymore. Like the sexual, the same same set attraction, sexual attraction towards women and all that. I never came up um, until that relationship ended. And then I became very close. I became very vulnerable to a lady. And then fell for her and that was when I guess I would say for the first time it wasn't just physical attraction it was strong and intense emotional attraction in fact even greater than my the relationship I had just gotten out of that guy exactly so that was when I realized oh my god this thing has been lurking inside what is going on
0: just to just to reiterate you were saved already then. I was saved yeah so I mean there's a there's something I believe, which is once you get saved, yeah, it's an opportunity for you to sit down with trauma that mm. you've had. and because trauma trauma basically paints a picture for you of reality, yeah, and because our brains are not that strong, we hold on to that reality, absolutely, but we don't have our brain another strong. We don't have an opposing reality that was supposed to. Leave this reality for them. Mm-hmm. I bring pains for us and take, which is the word of God. Yes. But when you get saved, you're supposed to go through each and everything that you are struggling mm-hmm. with, and that's the thing. People don't don't even realize that they're struggling with something. Yes. Open those skeletons Honestly. in those closets and go through it with the word of God mm-hmm. and take what the word of God says above that. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people feel like, oh, I'm struggling with these things. It means I'm not saved. No. You just need to choose what the word of god says above what the trauma says exactly so, so far i mean you've told us about what triggered um this like just a from your childhood and um how it grew to where it is now so just go ahead
1: yeah can't remember where i stopped <laughs>
0: yeah so you're saying you're talking about how um It was no longer physical it was like really emotional connection to this lady more than it was your previous relationship
1: yes exactly um and even just even piggyback to what you said about trauma right and sitting down with the word of god to say okay this is my issue let me actually Handle it, yeah. let me face it with God mm-hmm. and stuff. I never had to do that, um, because like I mentioned before, I thought the feelings and all of those had you no know, old things have oh, yeah, passed away <laughs> <laughs> and all of that. So, when those things are coming up, I remember, in fact, vividly, um, I would go to class with my heart feeling so heavy, mm-hmm. I would go, to, it, it felt like, oh my god, these feelings are real. What if, um, it's written on my forehead yeah. and someone sees it and then I'm exposed and all of that. I, obviously, I, let me not say obviously, but I couldn't go to my fellowship to tell them. Yeah. It would, like Because people looked up to me, it was difficult. And I think that's something people people struggle with a lot, secret sins. Yeah. And I couldn't even admit it to myself to say, Viola, you have homosexual attraction. God can't take it away, but admit it first and foremost. I couldn't. It wasn't till I visited a different fellowship and someone was preached, I think it was the leader of that fellowship that was preaching at the time, and she mentioned her, like she kind of briefly mentioned her testimony, and one of the parts that she mentioned was how she also struggled with um, sexual sin, and she said, by the way, my sexual sin was not a respecter of gender, Mm. and it just blew me away. She just said it as she continued, and I looked at the crowd, everybody was just, just no mom (laughs) i kid you know everyone was normal and i was like is she okay (laughs) did you just say that and it just like i just felt such a surge of boldness within me i went to her after and i said oh my god your testimony this particular line you said just freed me from what you don't even know Mm -hmm. and she was like are you serious then we organized like a meetup and then she came over to my place and we spoke a lot more and she counselled me a bit and she prayed for me and that was the first time I felt so liberated. I felt so liberated that day that I went to this Christian group that I was also a leader of, I think there are like 80 people on there and I sent a several minutes VN saying guys for the first time in my life I was just able to admit to myself that I struggle with homosexuality and interestingly they showed love. Are you serious? I kid you not. There were people my age as well. Yeah. And people started DMing me, telling me, Thank you so much for sharing this. I also struggle with this, or I struggled with this at a point in time, or I have a friend. It's, it's something that
0: a lot of believers are shocking. So me.
1: many. So like,
0: I, I really enjoyed it while doing this because yeah. it just shows that it's something we should be talking about absolutely We should have conversations about these things yeah because there's freedom in christ Mm -hmm. and nobody's going to cast stones at you nobody should cast stones at you Yeah. because that's no that's not what we are called to do do you understand so please go ahead yes that's amazing by the way
1: yeah honestly and i must really commend everyone that showed me love um i would say like i have such a beautiful support system and honestly they modeled god's word to me There was absolutely no judgment yeah. at all. And that's why I can come here to talk about it today with confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. So after that, after I shared the testimony, I thought, okay, whew, battle one. <laughs> if I can come out to say this, that means that number one, I've killed him mm-hmm. and I'm free from it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it shocked me. <laughs> it shocked me when the friends did not die. In fact, they grew stronger. And I said, okay, you know, what? of course I'm not going to tell this person um, what is going on within. I'm just going to focus on God. So I threw myself into the things of God. I started taking like one-hour prayer walks almost every day. I, I would walk from university to the bus stop of my school then, and I would sit down and I will just talk to God. And it helped because it kind of replaced those feelings a bit. Yeah. And then on one of those nights, um, I, it was 10 p.m. to be exact, um, and I went to my church bus stop, sat down, and I had an, an encounter with God where it was a vision and there was god not literally yeah, image wise but he stood up from his throne and he came he placed his hands on my head and he said i accept you yeah. at the time i did not know that he was giving me that word to hold on to yeah. because of the past i was about to enter into yeah. i just thought it was um you know university had ended and a couple of things about come. i thought okay ah, cool just ah, getting my life with god in order and yeah. all of that and then I was walking back home and I said, oh, yeah, God, by the way, you know, my first degree is done. I want to stay back in the UK to do my second degree. What university should I go to? And then I was telling him the options I had considered. And then God just said, I want you back in Nigeria now. <laughs> 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 do you know the funny thing? I did not even say, oh, it's God, what, what's going on? I was so excited because of the vision I just had. Yeah. You know, I just felt like anything God says, I will do. So I was like, "Yes, sir, I'm going. I'm going back to Nigeria." So that night, I called my mom. I told her God wants me back in Nigeria, and she said, "Okay, no problem. Good luck convincing your dad." <laughs> you know, so I told my dad the next day. I said, "God wants me back in Nigeria," and he said, "Okay, no problem." And then, shortly, like the next day, he then said oh, I should stay back because, I mean, it only makes more sense to stay back, probably get a scholarship to start my my life there and all of that. And then I went back to God, I was like, God, my earthly father, (laughs) didn't I have to honor him? He said that I should stay back. And then God told me, write him a proposal Mm -hmm. and send it to him before tomorrow, 12 midnight. And for some strange reason, I sent that letter at 11.45 PM, p.m. in the night because I struggled to write the proposal. I kept on procrastinating and now I know it was the devil. Mm. I kept on procrastinating, but I eventually sent it to him and it was five pages long, which was crazy. <laughs> and he eventually said, okay, I mean, who am I to battle against the law? <laughs> so my dad said, okay, I can stay back. Um, I can come back to Nigeria rather. Yeah. Funny enough, you would not believe this. It was the next day that I fell.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yes. It was the next day that the feelings I had towards this person just went so crazy. And then I ended up confessing it, and then things happened. And then it was, (laughs) that day I was so angry at God. And I'm just going to be honest, I was so angry at God because I was just like, now I'm going back to Nigeria. There's no hope. Because if I had stayed, no, things could have probably developed. And in hindsight, I realized that most likely I might have actually renounced Christ that was how intense he was because I remember around that time as well I was questioning my faith actually and someone randomly called me and gave me a word of knowledge and the person said God said he sees the questions in your heart he sees the faithfulness of your heart as well and he said he's going to show you the gospel in a way that Apostle Paul understood it I remember I wrote it that day um, and all of that so I thank God for sending me back (laughs) to Nigeria you know Um, but that being said though I took I, so the period between then when I fell and me returned to Nigeria was about three months. Okay. And I told myself, I'm going to be as rebellious as possible before, you come before back. I come back. <laughs> because <laughs> like I said, it wasn't just physical, it was now my emotions as well, mm-hmm. and it was experience was deeper than anything i would ever experienced and i think it's very important to mention this because whenever the discourse on homosexuality comes up we christians tend to focus on the fact that it's a sin and all of that which is great but i think we also need to um understand it a bit more from the human aspect of things that it also has to do with someone's hearts yeah like imagine feelings. someone's feelings which are deep imagine like we know how just how painful it is when god tells a man to break up with his girlfriend yeah and you love the person so much in this situation that was exactly what it was and in fact if you speak with many people that struggle or struggled with this they will tell you to them gender doesn't matter because it wasn't that oh Especially if you've if you've fallen in love, it wasn't that, okay, this person has this physical attributes and that's why I'm in love because cause it's, it's gone past that. Now it's actual love. That's the crazy thing. So it's not just God telling you, desist from this act. It's also break your hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I cried so much and there were so many times that I would actually cut things off and I would cry. Oh my God. In fact, at that time, I cut off that's all within and- the three months. Yes. Before you came back, yes, ah, uh, I cried a river. Mm-hmm. I I cut off all my Christian friends because I did not want to hear anything God. Because how can God tell me not to do something that feels so right, so Lever. true, so good, you know? And so that, then, that's so that, that's
0: the that's the bone of contention right there. Yeah, it's you've you have gotten to a place where it was either or. Mm. So either you go with your feelings. Or you go with God, like you, 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 where, you got both. to a point where you had to choose. Yes, you said you, you said you're struggling with your your faith at that point. Yes, getting to denounce Christ and stuff. So, is that is that the goal of all of this? Like, is that the goal of the devil in the, in this?
1: It's your faith. Mm. It's absolutely your faith. Satan doesn't just want you to sin; he wants you to lose your faith, mm. because at that point, I started asking crazy and dangerous questions. I started challenging the integrity of God. I started saying things like, God is egotistical. Mm. I mean, all he did was come to die. And then he wants me to spend the rest of my life and eternity serving him. Who does he think he is? Mm. Those are the kind of questions that were coming to my mind. I started, actually studied the scripture but you know when your mind is twisted yeah, your interpretation you you will be t- twisted as well yes. and I came up with so many twisted interpretations that my Christian friends that I was challenging with them could not answer them as well I said oh my god I watched Ravi Zacharias all the apolo- um, apologists you can think of and I always had an answer for them with yeah. Question yeah, and all of that so yes that that was going on heavily but then you know the crazy thing is I missed all of this where I cut off my Christian friends. I stopped going to church. In fact, I used to put off my phone, um, whenever my friends would call. Oh, we didn't see you in church. What's going on? And all of that. And what also helped me was I was COVID period as well. Yeah. So social interaction no one could have possibly discerned on you actually uh, except by the wow. spirit in a dream or wow. something you know so it was it was it was it was a whole well be well i would say. but what's beautiful is that in all of that god was still speaking in fact like i remember i would just i would be in the act or doing something silly and then i would just hear god's voice in my head and i'll shake my head <laughs> <laughs> i'll shake my head I literally <laughs> hit my head. And then I'll continue.
0: So and then what David yeah. said, which is, Where can I make my bed? In the depths of hell, I'll find you there. So th- that's actually true. Escape. You can like even in the acts, like in the rebellious acts, in the yeah. civil acts, he's still coming after you. He's
1: that's, that's you know what's was, was beautiful? That like, when I would hear him, he wasn't telling me stop. Mm-hmm. He wasn't telling me you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. it was he was communicating his love to me i don't know how to explain it. i felt and that was what made me feel so guilty i felt his love so deeply that i knew his love was calling me to something higher i don't know if that makes i sense. get what
0: you mean I, f- I get what you mean i think i mean um when i got saved it was the exact same thing so like i got a vision of Every time I was doing something wrong, mm. um, masturbating, watching porn, having sex, stealing, yeah. lying, all those things. And he was there. And it wasn't as if he was angry at me for what I was doing mm. or telling me to stop. It was like, I didn't see his eyes obviously, but the way his eyes were was like he was seeing the satisfaction you're looking for in listening is found in
1: Exactly. Come to
0: me. So calling me to something higher. Yeah, Yeah, I I get what you mean totally.
1: It felt like he was calling me to something much more beautiful. And it was difficult for me because I can already see what is before me and how it can be beautiful in my understanding. And God is telling me to trust him for something even more powerful, more beautiful that I can't see. And the more he kept on showing me that and telling me that, the more it started feeling like breaking his heart was more painful than breaking my own heart, yeah. you know? And then another thing that helped me that was so, at that point in time, so annoying. I had this friend. Oh my God. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, <laughs> <laughs> before I fell, I told him, I'm struggling with this thing, Oh, And never since that time, he would always call me, like how far? like how far? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was oh my goodness! It was so annoying, and I remember he was so intentional now that sometimes we would have Zoom calls for like twelve hours. I kid you not. While he was working, um, just just to make sure that I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing crazy things. And one thing he also did as well was he used to send me a lot of um sermons as well um on my my faith, on my identity in Christ, on overcoming sin. Awesome. What sin those they were from Celebration Church okay. um, by Pastor Aaron. Okay. And I used to have to watch them because I knew that this he guy <laughs> was here to call me and he would ask me. And he was the one person that I, re- he's the one person I respected was I knew that I could not ghost his calls mm-hmm. and all of that. So we would talk about it. And at some point, those sermons became spiritual encounters for me because although I would hear Pastor Aaron preaching, it was as though God was twisting his his voice to tell me something else. Like I was receiving messages that he wasn't even saying, oh, wow. and I would just find myself lying down flat, like God help me. That's what i would just be saying for like mm-hmm. minutes on end crying. God help me, help me, help me. I'll probably still eventually go back and do rubbish. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would always come back and say, God help me, help me. And that happened for such a long time. It eventually got to the point where God's love in my heart was stronger than anything else mm-hmm. and I wasn't even back in church. Like it was, I would open YouTube, start listening to songs, and then a the song by T.Y. Bello would come up, Spontaneous Worship, speaking about my specific situation. And I was like, Help me now, <laughs> this, like leave me small, please now, you know. And eventually, the time to come back to Nigeria came. Yeah. And uh, it
0: was. So to so, answer so ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. If you did not agree to come back to Nigeria, yeah. What would have happened?
1: I would have lost my faith. Or oh, God would have had to <laughs> find a different way. Because
0: So like God set you up actually. He like, did He set you up in such a way that you had agreed to go back to Nigeria, convinced your dad he tied to, my hand. Okay, Give me
1: the rope to tie <laughs> my and I did not know.
0: God has a sense of humor.
1: <laughs> the plan, yeah. The plan was before I even fell, this person did not know that I had um, feelings towards them, yeah. but the plan was probably we'd we'll do our masters in the same university, wow. and just to save cost we would live together.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Now I get what you mean. Do you understand? Yeah. So you have, have nah nah. I would have it's very different. I would have been in a full blown homosexual relationship, yeah. and there's no there's no way I would have gone to church. Yeah. So as why I, I thank God. So I came back to Nigeria. And I, I already knew that there's no hope. Like this person is in a different continent. And I already, sorry, sorry to cut you short. Don't forget where you are. Okay. Was it immediately
0: after you told your dad, you gave your dad that dissertation, the <laughs> thesis on why you need to come back to Nigeria and he agreed that you told her about your feelings?
1: It was the next day.
0: The very next day. You I did
1: her, not. In fact, I had just come back from a prayer walk. Can you imagine? It's not. It's not. It's actually
0: biblical. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ was fasting on for forty days and forty nights. Mm. Very next time, he was the very next scene we see. The devil came to tempt Jesus. So yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not far fetched.
1: Yeah, and even that whole conversation, I did not plan it. One thing happened. Two things happened. I don't even know. But it was, it just,
0: it was just a nice setup. Exactly.
1: Devil, Satan devil is devil. very crafty. And it's very crafty. The deception. Oh my God. That's even a different conversation entirely. But. Yes, so Nigeria. Yes, Nigeria. I came back to Nigeria and I just knew, let me just face this God that has been chasing me <laughs> because I mean, I want something I cannot have. Yeah. And even if I had the chance, the chance has been cut off. I'm in this country now and I'm not going back time soon because yeah. I was coming back to work. I already had a job ready yeah. for me. So yeah. I knew that Nigeria was for long term. Yeah. And so I decided to start, you know thinking of what church I would attend. Yeah. And I just remembered, okay, Pastor Erin, mm. you know, there's CCI in Abuja. And I went. I I did not go to my family's within church.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went alone the next um the first Sunday I got back and the first thing I heard, as soon as I stepped in, I was about to sit, sit down on my seat, I heard I heard the Holy Spirit say, Welcome home. Wow. Yeah, which is interesting because you know in celebration church when they are welcoming first time yes it's, yes, it's, it's welcome, welcome home they see and yes. the banner says welcome home i remember when i first heard the welcome i just stayed crying on my seat in fact the next next few sundays were just it was just tears
0: tell me about that cuz i remember you told me something about um the experiences you had mm. in church so just
1: yes yes the exact thing that was happening with pastoerian sermons, okay. it started happening with um, Pastor, pastor Mayowa. that's yeah. the CCI, Abuja resident pastor. Yeah. It started happening with Pastor Maiowa's sermons, like he'll be preaching about something entirely different, but the message that's been received in my spirit is about my exact situation, which was very crazy, very, very scary. And then in fact, it became very, it became even more specific and direct when Colors of Grace came up, that mm-hmm. was yeah. the theme. Mm-hmm. It was a theme for a particular month. And then the last day they spoke about same-sex attraction. Yes, and
0: I remember it clearly.
1: was Rainbow. Yes. And I was like, God is not joking. <laughs> now, Pastor, my wife, like, he was using, like, his voice to minister to me, but now he's speaking exactly. exactly. I was like what's going on
0: I think in the in the show notes I would put a link to that please do To that um ceremony it was very powerful
1: honestly speaking so yes the first few Sundays like like three months or so I used to carry um, tissue or a handkerchief with me because I knew I was going to cry. Mm. And by the time church was over, my eyes would probably be red <laughs> or sore. It was so annoying. Yeah. I was just, uh, it was terrible, you <laughs> know. And I decided to be very intentional at this point in time. So I actually cut off communication with that person as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was heartbreaking. And then one thing that I would like to mention as well is even though you're overcoming it little by little when you're awake, when you're asleep. The different a different battle
0: different ballgame yeah
1: so i was getting dreams mm. and then i would have to wake up and decide what is real are the dreams real or is the word of god real wow so it was waking up every day with tears
0: so like just to recap yeah. the first thing to do is to realize this is trauma i face this is this is where it comes from yeah second thing is to sit down with the word of god mm. I know what is real. I don't know what is not real. Yes. Third thing is, is to is to distance yourself from the source of that temptation.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like you had to you distance yourself with countries. Yes. Watch yourself, watch yourself, country, with With countries. Country, continents. Continents. <laughs> continents in between. Yes. And I think what you're seeing now is you threw yourself into so 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 there's, there's the idea of I just need to do more spiritual um activities right. and that's good in itself yeah but then there is a part of working out your trauma mm. and facing this thing head on and agreeing okay yes. this is what i'm going through i need help with this yes because it's not just because you said you were doing prayer works mm-hmm. you were doing all of that but it still it still was there like just dormant, yeah. Underlining. underlining yeah, so yes yeah. go ahead
1: and also also remember that beyond even just the prayers and reading your bible God wants to be there for you when you're working like out those traumas. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's not he's not he's not allowing you to do what you want. Yes. And then he's just like I I can't be with you because that's too dirty. Exactly. He's there with you.
1: And in fact, one thing I even forgot to mention is when I had that prayer walk where God told me to go back to Nigeria, yeah. right after the vision, God actually gave me a list I should have known, I should have connected the dots because he gave me a list of seven things that he wanted to tackle with me. Yeah. And number one was homosexuality. And then the second one was I think vulnerability, then relationship with my parents yeah. and with men, hatred and all that, I should have known that something was coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you know, God wants to be there for you as you're walking through these things. And that thing I did also was therapy. I actually got got a Christian therapist at some point as well. And I opened up to more friends. I opened up to um um to God, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, you know what, like you're going to have to help me because I can't do this thing on my own. Yeah. The feelings were still very solid and still there, um, and all of that. So but even now to fast forward when um my deliverance came eventually i would say first and foremost is that it was progressive
0: yeah definitely
1: yes it was absolutely progressive and you like it can continue for years or years even sometimes you might never fully overcome it till you leave this earth right but know that every day you are getting better because mm-hmm. god is perfecting you right yeah. um, but in my situation the day i realized something had changed in me something was weird was when I was on Instagram scrolling, there were particular um, types of people that normally would catch my attention. And someone like that came up on my feed and I just scrolled past it normally. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what, what's going on? I now scrolled back up and then I stared at the picture for a long time.
0: That's a female.
1: Yes, a female, a lady, mm. yes. I stared at the person's picture for a long time. In fact, I went to the person's page and I was, okay, like something is meant to happen, right? I usually feel something in my chest and all of that and nothing happened. Yeah. I felt weird. I was like, why do I feel normal? <laughs> I should not feel normal. <laughs> this is abnormal, <laughs> you know? Um, and I was honestly freaked out. That was the honest truth because literally that was, my struggle was so real. I did not know anything outside of it. I did not know what freedom looks like. Mm. So I remember that day, I reached out to a Christian therapist, um, And I said, hi, please, I'd like to book This was was actually my first session. Hi, I'd like to book a session with you, Um, blah, blah. I paid. And then that night, I was to have the session the next day. That night, I had a dream. And this was probably one of the most powerful dreams I've had, the encounters I've had with God. And in it, I was about to walk into a room that I knew, I had foreknowledge that it was to be dirty. Yeah. And then I stepped in and the room was clean, like crystal perfectly cleaned wow. and there was a cleaner in there Wow! and I was looking I looked around I was like why is this room clean I didn't see anything but in my head I was like why is this room clean and then the cleaner said what are you looking for I've already cleaned the room and that was the dream and then I woke up wow. and I just knew instantly that that cleaner was Jesus that wow. that cleaner was God and you know, he was he was like, yeah
0: I just, I just feel goosebumps like mm. you know in Matthew where John the Baptist was talking about um, There's one that's coming after me mm. that dies before me, Yeah. and I'm always the tie his sandals, mm. and he will use his winnowing fork, and separate the chaff yeah. from, the from the wheat, and yeah. burn the chaff in a never-ending fire. Now, in the life of a believer, the, I don't know if you've seen the act of winnowing. So it's like, it's like, um, it's like a fork, a long fork, this mm-hmm. big fork. Like usually see in, barn, in barns and in farms. Okay. Like long, as a long, yes. yes. And then they take the wheat and throw it up. So the wind shifts the, the chaff, chaff. And then in wheat, the, the real thing falls down. Mm. So that's what John was saying. That in the hearts of the people who will be submitted to him, he would separate what needs separating, clean when it's clean, mm. and burn the chaff up. So the process you went through was that process of cleansing mm. and burning up. It's like, it's burnt up. Like if something burns up, can you please? Possible- it can't be, it's gone. It's, it's literally gone. Yeah. So oh God is so, he's so intentional.
1: So like after that, there's nothing that God can tell me to do that I will not do. Even if I, Even if I can't see it, even if I don't, Exactly agree. I mean, we're doing the podcast now. We're doing you understand. Now. Yeah. And you know, I remember when, when that happened, and then so I woke up from that dream actually, and then had my session the next day that that, that afternoon. Yeah. I think it was in the evening rather. Yeah. And the session was with one hour. She told me, Okay, talk me through everything. I said, So this is what I'm, this is where I'm coming from. Yeah. This is what happened some days ago. Instagram posts yeah this is what I saw in the nights I want you to please just cross check me like cross examine me ask me you know your therapy kind of questions yeah. and just check am I really delivered mm-hmm. or is it hiding somewhere I'm just jinxing myself the session was just 20 minutes and she said she doesn't she's not a believer in like Diagnosing people with issues they don't have wow. in the name of getting extra sessions out of them—that yeah. I'm actually normal, I'm okay. That God has delivered me. That the only thing she would advise is to just keep on taking God's word and mm. hold on to um, to have like a specific verse I'm I'm meditating on every day. Yeah. That was and that was the end of the session, and I was just like, I was left with myself and my <laughs> amazement, <laughs> like.
0: I'm actually normal. I think, was it then you reached out to me?
1: I think, no, I reached out to when I came back to Nigeria. Okay, you
0: came back to Nigeria. Yes.
1: Yeah. I was like, I'm actually normal. And I would still have the dreams and wake up like rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> it had no effects on me. Wow. And then I eventually started talking to this person again and she too was normal. Wow. God had done such a perfect work in, in her heart too, on, like on her own Wow. and me as well. And I was just like, what kind of God is this? Wow. You know, it still shocks me till today. And that's why I'm just like, the only thing that saved me was his love, was his gospel that someone saw me in my sin, even before I was born, came to this earth. He died my death he like he killed my sin literally Mm. and then he rose up and by virtue of him rising he's giving me life Mm. he's giving me that freedom Mm. not just you know forgiveness but freedom from the power of sin as well yeah and one thing that I just kept thinking of was why did I not know this Mm. like I knew the gospel I understood it theoretically Mm -hmm. but they don't understand it's practical implication in the life oh, of a believer. Mm-hmm. I knew what the gospel could do for an unbeliever, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand that the gospel that saves is the same gospel that sanctifies.
0: And that keeps.
1: Do you understand? So, it sanctifies and it keeps you till the very end. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, how I wish someone told me this, like when I got saved initially. I mean, this is a battle I would have fought a long time ago. But of course, everything happens for a reason. I had to go through what I went through because I, would, so i would have this testimony you know yeah, and yeah. eventually hopefully it would bless so many people um so yes the gospel is powerful so that means that exact what he told that person and um, to tell me where he said he would show me the gospel in a way that apostle paul understood it happened played out practically practically played out to you guys and now i'm free i'm absolutely free like there is no speck of the attraction in me it's been i think over two years now yeah since my last incident and i'm completely you mm-hmm. know freed
0: wow yeah the sun says free is truly truly free free I mean, yes like the reason why i'm doing this podcast the reason why this podcast was set up was just to show an example of it's possible to be free yes so so there's the idea that you know what this is something that nobody gets free from mm. and I'm just going to be where I am mm. like that and stuff. But then I like bringing examples to show that it's possible to strip. Like God is no respecter of persons. That's the yeah. biggest revel- revelation in the new Testament. What yeah. He does for one person and do for the other. I mean, um, Paul, sorry, Peter mm. talking about the day of the Pentecost and how, fire came on them and they spoke in tongues and they were baptized. He went to went somewhere else, mm. a Gentile's house and the sa- same, sa- same thing. In fact, when he was questioned by the apostles, he said, who am I to stand in the way As when if the exact same thing that happened to us happened, happened to, to, to them. Do you understand? So God is no respect of persons. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you feel like what you're struggling with, you will struggle with and god doesn't care mm. you're just going to be in it You're going to be rotting in it it's freedom for you
1: yeah and even just to speak to that right deception is deception because it appears true
0: mm. that's very true
1: if you are being deceived you would not know. you would not know that you're being deceived until you step into the light then you realize that you were in darkness i think there was a scripture that, and something jesus said as well like um when you think you're in light but you're not really in light, how great is that darkness? Yes. how good- You know, I did not know I was being deceived. I felt like by living that life, I had stepped into my fullest, truest and freest self. Yeah. You know, and that's why things like born this way or love is love goes on and on. Because the truth honestly is that you've just subjected yourself to something far less than what God created you to be. Mm. And you've limited yourself even without realizing and you've canceled yourself out of the future possibilities that God has available and ready for you. Mm. It's so important. And one thing I want to say just to empathize even with people that might be experiencing it is it's not easy. Yeah. You know, you might have been fighting this thing for years and actively choosing God every day. But the beautiful thing is that even if you have to spend most of your life fighting, you have someone and something greater than it. Mm. You have to want something greater than anything that that life can offer you, and that's Christ. Mm. That's that's true wealth. Jesus is true wealth. His true joy. He's achieved joy. So I just want to encourage you, keep on fighting, and beyond that, realize that you're not going to overcome it by your works. You're not going to overcome it in your efforts. It's true surrender to the Holy Spirit. He's able to keep you from stumbling. He wasn't joking like when he said it. He's absolutely able, and he has promised to by virtue of the seal of the Holy Spirit in you. Yes. So keep on fighting um, the good fight of faith. Yeah.
0: All right. Thank you so much. I mean, um, you have a podcast. Can you just.
1: Okay. Yes, I have that? Okay, I have a podcast. It's called Ablo Convos. Mm-hmm. And yes, I basically talk about controversial topics and also particularly things revolving identity and mm-hmm. um, just introspecting and how you can grow better as a person in Christ and, yeah, and good stuff.
0: All right. So can you see the podcast again? I will put it in the show notes uh, anyway. But okay. The podcast so the people can reach out to you if they need to reach out to you. Do you want yes. to give like a, a, an email address or something? Or oh, the podcast is enough?
1: Okay, yes. The podcast is, is enough. So it's called okay. Ablo Convos, A-B-L-O-C-O-N-V-O-S. And also find us on Twitter <coughs> on Twitter and also on Instagram.
0: All right. Amazing. You can reach out to Ablo Convos on Twitter and on Instagram. Send that DM if you need help. If you want to just have a conversation or anything. Thank you so much, Abela, for doing this. This is this is amazing. It's good to free in lots of people. Yeah. And until next time, remember who the sun says free is.
1: Free indeed.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys.